Hello and welcome to the Art of Abundance podcast. This is your host, Lisa Peterson. I'm so very pleased to be welcoming Catherine Erickson to the show today. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, Lisa. I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you. And I know we're going to have a great conversation. We have had some great conversations in the past, and that led to bringing you onto the show today. I first just want to start by having you tell listeners a little bit more about you and how you are in service to the world. Oh, yes. Thank you for that. Um, I am similar to you. I started out as a professional trained to be, you know, an expert in a field. I went the legal route. I was a lawyer for 23 years until I just reached the point one day where it just didn't work. I had to step out of it. And it, that, of course, was my uh, crisis moment. And the stepping out required a bit of uh, courage and, and planning. And once I did, though, I, I've returned to myself. I felt more like who I'm supposed to be. And as I grew into that and developed what I consider my strengths and talents, I looked up one day and realized, oh, my gosh, I've written five books over however many years. And I have a, a podcast. And I have a website. And, you know, the, the creativity is there. You just have to tap into it. And I'm so happy to be here today to share some of that with you. It is um, remarkable just how similar experiences are, you know, me being in the money business for 23 years and understanding that what it's like when we work in these very mind-oriented businesses, you know, the brain power and kind of going to that place more often than we probably wanted to in our careers and the shift of moving into the heart is probably the big thing that I felt. Has that been the same for you? Well, yes, actually, and that's the name of my platform is Heart Dancing, and the reason I call it that is because I believe to live a fulfilled, happy life, there has to be a balance between that mind and the heart, and for me, I try to start with the heart first, and of course, I'm speaking of it in a metaphor, metaphorically sense, um, that, that allowing that inspiration to bubble up and guide my actions and my thoughts instead of trying to intellectualize everything and trying to control everything. So that's been a big part of my growth and what I teach now to other people. Makes so much sense. You know, it's funny because as a coach, I have a lot of people who come to me and they are frustrated because early in their career, you know, just like us, they took a certain path and maybe they reached a certain level of success in that path. And then they go out and they do their own thing. They do their own business. And it doesn't go like it did when they were working for others. And I've got my own thoughts about why that's the case. But I'm curious if you've thought of that and if you have any thoughts about why that happens to so many people where they have a lot more success um, especially early on in their corporate career than they do in their own business? Well, I have a lot of thoughts about that because I've lived it <laughs> for mm -hmm. many years. Um, I really, I've come to the conclusion when you follow what I call the worldly path, what people say you should do, what your parents and, and everyone on the outside, you can reach that degree of success, but there's going to always be a dissatisfaction on the inside. And so when you flip that and you say, oh, I want to do what makes me feel good, but if you still do it in the same way as looking to the outside first, that's where you run into those roadblocks. That's where you seem to be running into walls of resistance. 
or at least that was my experience. And it wasn't until I settled down and kind of released control over what would happen that things actually started to happen. And it's amazing in that whole release process what comes out of you because you're no longer judging it. You're no longer limiting yourself. You're no longer saying, I should be at this place by this time. And so once you release the control of how it happens out in the world, that's when you start to dance with life. And that's what I call heart dancing is that sweet spot. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful, especially because there's, there is so much expectation there, you know, we read these success stories and it looks like all these people are having overnight success and you think, well, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm following my passion. I'm doing what makes me feel good and it's not working. But I think what you're bringing to light and something that I focus a lot of time and attention towards is this connection that when we do give ourselves or start to give ourselves permission to do what makes us feel good, we end up having to deal with these worthiness issues that were kind of buried inside of us that when we were working for someone else and doing their thing, we didn't have to deal with the worthiness in the same way that when we are bringing our gifts to the world. Yes, 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 yes. If you could see me right now, I'm vigorously nodding my head. <laughs> that was so well said. And the thing is, it's, it, to me, it comes down to judgment. When I can get my ego, kind of set that aside and not judge what I'm doing, but just allow it to come out when it feels good and feels right, that to me is the flow that I want to be in. Um, but when my mind starts working and my ego starts working and I look at Facebook and I say, wait a minute, this friend of mine and I started at the same time and she's way ahead of me. What's wrong with me? That's when I know that I've, I've gone the ego route and I need to step back and take a look, take a lot of deep breaths, maybe go meditate, take a walk and then come back because judgment and comparison will be the death knell of anything you try to create on your own. You just can't do it. Because you will defeat yourself. So true. And, you know, this resonating with what you do and what I do is, is coming up all the more as I had recently read your new book, Drop the Leash. And it was very apparent to me. I mean, first of all, it's just an amazing book. Great, great fun to read, especially if you like what we're talking about here. Because Catherine is an amazing writer. Like, I have total author envy. I'm just going to say that <laughs> right now. Because you could take these very esoteric concepts that we're talking about and you give them a voice, you give a story around it, and you create something that I'm just blown away by. And, and maybe you could talk about what happened. How did this come together and what happens in this book at a high level? Well, and first of all, thank you for that. That just, I'm dancing right now. Mm -hmm. um, I have always been fascinated with dogs. To me, dogs are kind of the epitome of, of unconditional love because they don't ever hold grudges. They don't hold anything back. If they haven't seen you in five minutes, my dog will pretend like it's been a year. It's just this free flowing of love and uh, gratification and, and just attention. And they see you. And that's the key to me. I think people really want to be seen for themselves. And they get so caught up with all the outwardly, worldly, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, that they cannot see their own selves. And so there's no way anyone else can see them. 
So the reason why I wrote Drop the Leash is to hopefully take people back a step, kind of step back from all the craziness of the world, go back to that inner place, that inner voice, and start listening. And the best way, the best physical way I could come up with that model was to use a dog as a narrator. And so that's what happens in Drop the Leash. The dog is a narrator uh, named, uh, character, I'm sorry, named Avatar. And he actually is a character from my previous book called Heart Dancing. And I wanted to give Avatar a platform, a voice. And that's what, that, this is the result. Mm. And it's all around forgiveness. Developing yes. The, the, the ability to, I will use your words, to dance with forgiveness. Because it's not just a right or wrong, good or bad. It's very much of a dance here. Exactly. And for me, forgiveness is not the religious forgiveness. What I'm talking about is really dropping judgment, really dropping that um, I did wrong or I'm wrong or I'm not worthy. And it's recognizing that you are, in fact, worthy and you were born with that and you can reconnect with that worthiness at any time. And that's what I mean by forgiveness. Mm. And and what was happening when you were writing that book? Like I, I, because it's so creative, were you like, like getting super excited with what was coming out? I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah. And that's an itch. That's a great question. Actually, I really was. I couldn't wait to get to, you know, I have my writing time. I don't know if you're like that or not, but I have to do it um, on a daily basis, same time, just to make sure I move the project forward. Uh, otherwise, life can get in the way, and so I tend to get up early. I tend to—that's my best time—is early in the morning. I'll sit and do my meditation, and then write. And I just felt like something was just coming through me as I was writing this, and I did get excited. Yeah, yeah I really did. I can totally feel it when you were when I was reading it. I was like, oh my gosh! Just I could see that there was such magic in what was happening, and. Sometimes people talk about like having channeled books. And so it sounds like this might, was this the most you had ever done that before in your books that you had written? Um, you know, it is because it's so short. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it took about 30 days to write and kind of put together and polish. Um, I had those same feelings when I wrote Heart Dancing, but that was over a two-year period. So it wasn't quite as concentrated. Mm-hmm. So, but this book to me, um, so many people love dogs and they may not have realized why they love dogs, but it's because they have a relationship and it's a non-judgmental relationship with that dog. And dogs are unique among animals in that they can give love. They, they share love. And I always joke that, you know, of course, the word dog is God spelled backwards. And you can find cartoons that show God sending the dog off saying, okay, now this is to remind those people, you know, not to forget about me. That's what your job is. <laughs> so that's, that was always kind of in the back of my mind, like, okay, what would this dog say to humans who get so caught up in their own stories and their own limiting beliefs? But if this dog could talk, what would he say? And that's, that's, that this is what came out, drop the leash. Yeah, yeah. And forgiveness, when somebody, uh, I've got so much behind forgiveness because I've been practicing it in my own life for many years before I started my company and I realized that it was, it was something that people, not very many people had experienced at the level that 
I've engaged in forgiveness. So people started asking me to share, like, how do you do it? What does that mean? And so I feel like you did such a great job in, in capturing these different elements of, a, of actually something that's very complex, complicated. Mm. Well, it is and it isn't. Um, if, if you start with the premise that every person who has ever been born came from something bigger, came from something non-human, came from a spiritual sense, and that spiritual drop, I call it DNA, divine nature assigned, um, that DNA is still part of that person no matter how they behave. So forgiveness for me is remembering that person's DNA, but also releasing them from my own DNA. Someone may have grievously hurt me. Someone may have grievously uh, caused me a lot of pain. And once I've felt that pain, I need to move through it and grow and move on. And the only way for me to do that is to forgive. So it does come from a different place. I don't know if that's how you would teach your forgiveness to your uh, clients or, or, or your coaching students. I love the eloquent nature of how you describe it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's probably, it's the same. Don't, I, I felt like in reading the book, it was the same thing. I mean, there's so many levels because people, you know, I say it's complicated because that's how people typically see it. They see a relationship with someone else and they see the he said, she said, then I did, and then they did. And, and it's hard for them to find any peace with the relationship that is, is not, you know, not going so well, you know. So first of all, reaching a place where you're realizing that you're holding a grudge in some way against someone um, or in many cases ourselves. I mean, a lot of times it's just we haven't forgiven ourselves for something. And so a lot of the emotional freedom technique uh, practices that I do with my clients when that seems like a good modality to use has the um, alternating statement, I forgive myself, because, because there's so much that people are holding on to that they have not forgiven themselves uh, about. Exactly. And I know you understand uh, about energy and emotions are really energy and motion. And when you hold that anger, that pain, that resentment, you're holding energy and you're blocking the energy. And that's the other way I like to look at forgiveness is that I'm releasing those blockages so I can get back to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is being, uh, being human not human being. And that distinction, being human, is what my new video course is about, uh, Journey to Genius. Mm, tell us more about that. Yeah, it's a short four-session four uh, video course, but it focuses on, you know, why are we called human beings? Why aren't we just called humans? And my theory is that we are called beings because that's who we are. We are and I, I define being in a little bit different way, use it as a, a, a nacrim to say uh, born, I think, be, born to express the infinite nature of God. And so we're divine first, and then we're coming here as humans. And so I see our humanness as a way to express our beingness. And that fits right in, it folds right into this idea of forgiveness that, yes, the person's behavior may be abominable, it may be horrible, it may be, you know, whatever, but underneath that, it's just because they don't know maybe how to act or they don't, they're not in connection and in touch with their own divine self. 
And so you can't control that. You can't control that person. All you can do is maintain your own connection with your own divine self. And that's where the forgiveness comes in. And when did you have your light bulb moment about forgiveness? You know, I've had many years of working on myself, kind of, you know, doing the inner work, going through workshops, retreats. And it just came to me one day that, you know, we're here to experience life. And I want to experience it as a happy, joyful, fulfilled, passionate person. I don't want to have a bunch of things that I still need to forgive because it just it just weighed on my spirit. So I truly started meditating on it and also just journaling. And out of all those musings and kind of uh, insights, my books sprang out. And as I'm coming out and teaching other people these uh, kind of these concepts and walking them through some techniques, it's just to be able to see the light in someone's eyes when they realize, oh, my gosh. I've been standing in my own light. It's almost as if, if I can just share this with you, Lisa, um, I, this came to me in a meditation one time. It's almost as if you're standing in front of a window and you're looking, you are looking back, but you see the silhouette of the person in front of the window and you know that person is you and the sunlight is streaming in, but the sunlight can't come through you at the window because of your limiting beliefs, your unforgiveness, whatever it is you're holding on to. But as you release all that, all of a sudden the form in the window becomes more um, invisible as the light shines through. Yeah, like a translucency. It's interesting because in Buddhism, which I studied for many years, there's the clear, it's like a clear body. And I'm not saying it right, but there's this concept of this clear body. And that's exactly what you're talking about, where as we've cleared out these, um, you know, you call them blocks or uh, gunk, or, you know, there's lots of different ways to refer to it, obstacles, these, you know, all fabricated at some level, right? Adapted through conditions, you know, learning. I mean, there's so many things, but as we release really kind of the, all the training, all the learning, all the stuff that tells us that we're anything other than absolute perfection, that as we drop that, then the perfection comes through or light comes through in this case. Exactly. Exactly. So that's where I want to show people where they can they can become, they can go back to that. And it doesn't matter what you've done, what your age is, what your station in life is, what your skin color is, none of that matters. It's getting you back in touch with that clear body or authentic self, whatever you want to call it. But knowing that you came from something bigger, knowing that you're here to express something and only you can express it. See, that's the other, that's kind of the flip side. Once you get once you dissolve the limiting beliefs and dissolve those stories and do your forgiveness work, all of a sudden you're going to realize that you have something to share with the world. And that's what happened to me. And that's when I started writing all these books. I just started coming out. (laughs) It's just, but it's so much fun to be part of that process because that's when you're truly alive. And I know you felt that too with your work and with your podcast and, and um, the retreats that you hold. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're talking about stepping into the flow of life. And, and I think that's what, how I think of abundance. And I think you mentioned before we started recording that forgiveness was a gateway to abundance. So maybe you could talk about that. 
Yeah, um, abundance again is this concept. Um, I believe that the world is abundant. I think there's a quote by Albert Einstein that you can either choose to believe that uh, the universe is limited or it's abundant, and that's what you'll see. And I just butchered that quote, but that's the gist of it. And it really is true. It's, it's what do you believe? If you believe that there's limit and scarcity and there's not enough to go around and, you know, you have to do whatever you need to do, your actions are going to be totally different than if you believe there's abundance. So I, cho I choose abundance. I choose to see that there's abundance, and I want to help everyone else see that too. And as one access point to abundance, I believe is forgiveness. Because as you forgive yourself, and as you release these stories and these burdens you've carried, you, you've cleared up space. And as you've cleared up space, and as you further enforce your belief of abundance, it's just going to well up. The, the abundance is going to take over the space that your limiting stories occupied. Mm, so beautiful. And that's what happens when they read your book. Oh, thank you. Up. They open <laughs> up the channel. And it gives them the other cool thing about the book, right, is, again, judgment is not a really great friend. And we have it in our culture quite a bit. And so sometimes things like forgiveness can be hard to, to kind of take in because it feels so judgmental because we're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing that and I'm not doing that and I'm not doing that. And then we just give up. But in this case, in the book, I think the other thing that was so cool about the story is you're, you're getting it so gently, like you're getting these beautiful teachings in a really digestible way that is free of judgment, that allows you to just really take it in um, one bit at a time. And I, I love that because I think that it will help people who may have resisted being interested in the forgiveness stuff in the past. It's like they love dogs. They love the concept. Let's dive in. And I think you'll touch a different group of people that may not have seen some of this work in the past. Would you, would you agree with that? Mm, yes, and thank you so much for your, your I, you're just hitting me in the heart right now. I really appreciate it. Um, but yes, I did write the book to reach those people that they automatically hear forgiveness and they shut down because of their religious upbringing or, or whatever their past experience has been. Forgiveness is one of those words that unfortunately has gotten a bad rap when it really isn't. It's really just releasing those, those negative limiting stories and judgment about yourself and others. And what I also talk about in the book is, you ever wonder why dogs don't judge? They don't judge. They may have likes or dislikes, but they don't judge. And it's, I believe it's because, of course, they can't talk. They don't, they don't have the ability to communicate with words. Humans, on the other hand, do. And as a baby grows up, she interprets things that happen to her. So when something happens to a toddler, for example, she knocks over a glass of milk and her mother's having a bad day and maybe gets upset or mad and the, the toddler turns that back in on herself as she did something wrong, that's where those stories can start. And that's where people start limiting their vision of the world and their view of abundance because of their interpretation of past events. So that's why forgiveness is such a great access point to seeing abundance. Because once you figure out that, wait a minute, I totally misinterpreted that event and I turned it on myself, I can let that go. 
And just me saying that, I feel lighter. Totally. Makes so much sense. And I've, I've been thinking about this, so I want to tell you because it's just funny that we're having this conversation. No coincidences. No. Uh, a couple podcasts before this one, so recently, I had met a woman who is an animal communicator. And so the podcast <laughs> before yours is going to be about how do we listen to the animals? Because they're actually speaking all the time. And so whether someone's listening to this and they're hearing us talk and reading the book and then they go and listen to the conversation with Maya, I just want to mention that it's, it's great because we're talking about communication with animals and the power. And, and it, she has a great story about someone feeling really guilty about a situation that they couldn't prevent and then bringing Maya in to communicate with the dog. And the dog was like as happy as could possibly be about how much care the owners had taken to try and help the dog. But the dog was like, I'm, I'm good. Everything's great. But they didn't know it because they weren't you know, able to communicate. So isn't that funny? Yes, that is funny. And I have to admit something to you. I've got a podcast coming up on my show, Heart Dancing Radio, that's with an animal communicator. So that's too funny. <laughs> the worlds converge always. They, they do. They do. <laughs> well, how can everyone you know, find the book, find more out about you? Tell us all the good stuff that we need to know to find you. Well, if you want to dance with me, I hope you do, um, go to my website because that's kind of the hub of, of my universe. And it's katherineerickson.com. And Lisa will have it in the show notes. But uh, you have to spell the last name correctly, E-R-I-K-S-E-N, katherineerickson.com. Um, Drop the Leash is on Kindle on Amazon. And right now I have it on sale for 99 cents. I'm trying to um, obviously generate some interest in, in people, and uh, hopefully after this podcast, people are going to rush to Amazon and buy it. So yeah. I can't tell you how long it's going to be on for that price, but I'm hoping that my goal is to get it into as many people's heads and hearts as possible, because the world so needs forgiveness, and it all starts with you. It all starts with the, the person hearing this. Perfect. I love it. I'm just so happy that we could have this time together and share all of this good stuff with my yeah. listeners. So thank you, Catherine, so much for being here. And thank you, Lisa. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Art of Abundance podcast. For more life-changing articles and to get your free copy of my Wealth Flower Assessment, a tool designed to help you create exactly what you want in your life, log on to wealthclinic.com.